0: We are headed to the championship
1: rounds. Going into the championship round. This is it now, championship rounds. It's documented that your MMA journey was somewhat unconventional. I think you were quite, you started training quite late, and and it's pretty unique that you, you, know, you didn't take up the sport because you had a love for the sport, so to say. And uh, could you talk a little bit about how and why uh, you got into mixed martial arts? I'd never ever seen MMA, I'd
0: never seen UFC, I'd never ever heard of this thing as well. It was something I'd never heard of, and I know it had been going for years before I'd started it. And my friend had invited me um, to this class, and he'd explained it in such a way that he referred to it as UFC chokes this is what the class was He's told me this was now I later realised it was not UFC chokes and it was uh, MMA and it was a beginner's class and I'm going to this we sort of go through this we close and I go behind all these buildings and there's this other building and as I enter you know it's all steamy and there's half naked sweaty guys rolling about the floor with each other it was a bit weird looking like for a guy who's never seen this kind of stuff, it's weird. So I never grew up with any sort of martial arts background, like doing boxing, kickboxing, taekwondo, none of that. So this was weird to me to see all these guys rolling about each other. And for some reason, MMA guys love to have their t-shirt off. Me as an MMA guy now, I love to have my t-shirt off. You know, I work hard and my, my getting ready, my dad bought, So I'm, like, I'm showing that I'm showing that shit off on again, on my social media. So I go in and then I start the very first move i learned was an arm bar. and it's like you're grabbing somebody's arm and rubbing it against your junk obviously it's a lot more technical than that but that's pretty much what you're doing and I thought this is weird man these guys are like these guys are feeling each other up and they're enjoying it this is just mm-hmm. weird so the next move I learned I went back again because he convinced me he's like no no come back it's really good was a triangle and because I've got big long limbs it just seemed it's an easy move to do Where guys are struggling with us. same again you're pulling somebody's feet into your crotch like that's weird like super weird man. like ugh, get this in your face um turns out i was the man at, like holding half naked sweaty guys down like see you pin somebody in the mat not, not allow them to move i, I was a man at that and then um, from that i just started my coach said do you fancy doing boxing picked up boxing started punching i mean this is pretty easy and then from that he he'd said do you want to do a fight he'd went down to a the had fought in the stadium, I is like, my very first fight, hit this guy with a, a judo throw, what, I, what I'd literally just learned in the back room, one of the guys who was calling me said, I'll oh, try this, I'd literally went out, done it, flung it, hit it, and then done an arm back to him, and uh, I didn't realise, I, I still don't know the rules, people are still telling me, like, the elbow rule, where you can't go from 12 to 6. If you're lying on the ground, it's the same movement you're doing. I'm like, that's just weird. <laughs> so anyway, won my first fight, and then just kept fighting and fighting and fighting. Um, took a bit of stick for guys saying that I'm just a jiu-jitsu fighter, and then it annoyed me a wee bit because I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm, put, I'm putting in there for everywhere, like you for kickboxing, to wrestling, to everything. And then I realised why is that annoying me? Like I'm people know I'm good at a move and good at jiu-jitsu, but yet I still. get into into these traps and then from that I just started fighting had got opportunities to fight in different shows had loads of different pullouts was going in blank to fight people who had never known I remember fighting one show and this is like we hadn't seen the guy or opponent pulled out like that day and uh, the promoter had said listen I've got you a fighter Um, I've not seen him weigh in but he he promises me he's lighter than you and I was fleeing in at 93 and I was like that's fine doesn't matter everybody's at the same level at this point I remember I walked out first then he had my music and it was like it was a bit of a a shitty show and um, the actual guy was brushing up like to I was the last fight and the guy's brushed up to clean up the place and it's (laughs) uh, I walk out and there's maybe about 10 people in this um, hall and then this guy comes walking out and I I not what they lie. I look at my coach and I look over to him and I'm thinking, that guy's clearly no 93 kilograms. His back was as wide as me lying flat. So he comes in and I'm like, listen, no, we're just going to go with him anyway. He runs at me like a bull, full force and smashes me against the cage and starts punching my face. The next thing goes to the ground, I slip out the back, slip in, fast choke and then I'm just start elbowing him in the face. But I had this big massive egg in the top of my forehead. Where they just kept punching me um, from like he was in he was in a bad position, but just kept punching up. Managed to get the submission and then after we said to the promoter, like, What the hell is this? And the guy's like, Oh, you you're never going to lose anyway. I was like, it's not a point. You put in a guy there that was probably a hundred and twenty kilograms. So um that was like my experience of dealing with like smaller shows. Then get to get the opportunity go and find places like Bama. And then I'd won the Bama World title, which was a great op- like this was like I'd never dreamt when I started MMA. That this would happen, and then after that, I then started getting fight offers from like other promotions, which I thought, well, which were big promotions to me. Like we'd been offered Risen at one point, we'd been offered the ACB, we'd been offered uh, one fight, we'd been offered all these kind of um, big shows like in Europe and uh, out to all the far, out towards the Far East. And then the next thing we got a, an opportunity for the UFC and. Why would we pick anywhere else other than the UFC? So we we got an opportunity. It was like a few weeks before Christmas, and we went out to Sacramento. And but it's I'm, I've been a UFC fighter for about a year and a half now, so I'm in
1: loving life. Exactly, man. That's you know. I love that story. It's like really unique because you see so so many guys who you know they get into it because they're obsessed or they get into it for the wrong reasons. It's just cool to see it. You just organically go into the sport and you know since you got into the sport it's you know it's been a pretty you know quick and meteoric rise to the top like how, how do you sort of process that success with it going so fast and like did it ever seem possible you get this stage because it's just gone by so fast You, it's hard to you know take in take in what's really happened
0: you know well is isn't isn't I still don't fully appreciate the the fact that I fight in the UFC because I've never been a fan yeah. and like I, people talk to me about MMA, so people come up to me and say, like, oh, what about, do you remember this fight with such and such and such and such and I've got to do this thing where, like, I'm, I'm like, I'm, like, kidding on them, like, I know who they are. they like, oh, great fight. Yeah. And I have no idea who they're talking about. So I still don't fully appreciate the fact that I'm fighting on the UFC. Um, So for me to be, like, you know, starstruck and all this kind of stuff, I don't get. But a prime example, when we are over in the uh, Formance Institute, um, my coach went over to speak to Forrest Griffin and, like, I I don't really know who Forrest Griffin is. I know he's a big name in MMA, but I didn't. I fully really didn't appreciate it. Yeah. And I go on to say, um, think right, Forrest, how's it going? Um, any chance of like having some grappling later?" And he's like, um, "Yeah, cool, man." And like my coach comes over and he's like, "Hey, eh, Forrest, big fan. Eh, really loved your face. I could see him. you're a fanboy." And after yeah. it, I was like, "What the fuck was that?" And he's <laughs> like, That's "Forrest Griffin." I was like. I know who it is, but where the fuck happened to your voice and why were you like obviously why you suck his dick <laughs> so it was um, so he appreciated going to these places and we seemed like George St Pierre and like that's one guy I do know because like that was when I started to get into MMA yeah. he was beating everybody um, so I was pretty quick to get to the top um, you know it just happened to be everything just it was like this was the right fight for me this was the right fight for me who had the title at the time uh, for Bama was Marcel Lazar's which was a great matchup for me. And when you've got when you've got goals set, it's hard to knock the off them. That's the way I was kind of driven. I was like, right, see if I get this next fight and this next fight, then I can get this belt. And then if I, once I get this belt, I'll got a fight here and I'll got a fight here. And I just kind of set this pathway in my head. And i spoke about it with my coach and that. And everything just kind of hit. I mean, you're so driven and so focused, to have one thing. You know, you... You sacrifice so much, like I sacrifice time with my family. I sacrifice, like I, I was working as a teacher, and I was sacrificing loads of time with teaching as well. You know, I was doing like the bare minimum in teaching to get by. I mean, I was still good at my job, but I was doing the bare minimum. I was like, right, I need to get back to the gym. The schools were really good. I was allowed to use like the gym at like um, lunchtime. I would go down and I would do some uh, circuits in the, the gym. The school had and. Um, I was just so focused, and then after I hit that, after, I, as I said, reached that top of that goal, I had set, reset new goals, now I've set myself goals, and I'm, I'm back, I'm back to
1: my winning ways. That's the way, man, so, you know, before any of, of all that, you know, rise and, and crazy MMA journey began, like, who was, you know, who were you? What what were you doing at the time? Where did you know? Obviously, you didn't have a passion for MMA at the time. Like, what were your passions at the time? I knew you were, you know, a teacher, and uh, I read somewhere you were like a football coach. Yep
0: i i I grew up. I grew up in the west of Scotland where it was football, football, and football, and it wasn't tied at all. that I, I realised I was pretty good at rugby as well. Like, I wish I'd had a shot at this sport, which is just running it somebody pelt. Field, field. Yeah. But I grew up playing football, and then those who can't play end up teaching. So I wasn't, I know myself I wasn't the best but I had got some great opportunities to play football and then I went from playing football to coaching football and uh, I used to coach the local team in my area and I was giving up my Saturdays and Sundays um, and then from that I enjoyed teaching and from that I went and uh, became a, a teacher and ended up working with an educational charity. I'd spent seven years with that charity and it was, like, when it came to the end, when I had to make a decision, you know what, I'm never going to get an opportunity to be an MMA fighter again. I'm getting older. I can always go back to doing teaching. So I gave up that uh, and went full-time into MMA. <clears throat> but there's some of the cool stuff I got to do as, like, a teacher was, like I went to Uganda to work um, in, like, rural villages and build, like, kitchens, water tanks, and that kind of stuff, so, like, it doesn't harm to you. Doesn't happen every day? So that that whole side of my life, I love and, and I really do miss it because it was it was so rewarding. One of our think of rules is always give back. At that time, I was just constantly giving back. I was uh, before I got into MMA. And this took up all my time, and uh, other cool stuff. We got to mince William, um, got to travel, travel like to all over the UK and help people young kids who are disengaging through school, so like, I had a great life. I picked MMA and became so much harder, you know, when it's pissing down outside, you've got to get all... regardless if it's sunny, regardless if it's raining, regardless if it's snowing right now, I still need to go out, I still need to do that road walk when I'm running. My feet are freezing, my hands are freezing. Whereas before, in my previous life, I didn't have to do that, you know. I could get up, jump in my car, drive to work, sit in a nice warm classroom, talk to kids. So it's, it's like two totally different worlds I've,
1: I've lived. Yeah, man, it's, it's cool that you had this, you know, whole other life outside of mixed martial arts. Like, I, I've spoken to a couple of fighters now and some of them have been, you know, doing this fighting, training full-time since they were, like, 16 years old. And I sometimes I think, like, you know, you've probably you know, you've sacrificed so much and you and you're missing out on so much, maybe. But um it's really cool that you, you know you've got to experience, you know, two ends of the uh of the scale. Um one of, the, one of, the, one of the things you've about like sacrificing like it it took me a bacteria. Months to realize
0: like you know you're my friends, like I grew up through high school became friends after school and all this kind of stuff your group of mates I stopped seeing them because they would want to go out and it would be like oh mum we'll go out and we'll go to the pub and we'll we'll go to clubs and that kind of stuff and this became like a this became for young guys who were aged like between 20 to like 30 this is all they do we'll do this we'll go to the gym during the week and that's pretty much what my life was like as well and um, I had to stop that. Effects that alcohol has on you, and the effects that doing this every weekend—it's it, back in your MMA journey. So I had to like say, "Man, that's not the right kind of focus." So guys, who people still like message me and say, "Oh, are you coming in?" And I'm like, eh. <laughs> training. My body's broke. I just need to go and lie down and feel sorry for myself."
1: Yeah, and. <laughs> So you, met, you, know, you mentioned uh, football and rugby there. Just out of interest, I'm a massive sports fan. Is there a specific football team you support? And are you going to be watching? You know, the Six Nations. I think on the weekend, your country and my country, Scotland and Wales. Yeah, um, well,
0: I went to the Six Nations a few years ago, and they just kept taking uh, uh, what is it called a try? Coop. Yeah, what is it? Kick off, kicks. What is it? What's, what's that actual called?
1: What's that? Conversions, you know about.
0: Conversions, they just get close enough and we're just converting, boom, and then you just kept rattling up the goals. We couldn't get past season easy. But as in soccer, Scotland's not great at football, so we're, going to be, we're going to be honest, we're no great at football. Rugby, we're a slightly bit better. So, um, in, in football, see, I've seen a place, as I said, the west of Scotland, and you support one of the other team. There's no any other teams, and it's either going to be Rangers and Celtic. And I'm not sure if you're aware, but there's a bit hatred between the two of them. Oh yeah. Um. So, um. Old Firm is, uh, is, is a bit mental.
1: No
0: man. So, uh, the and a, so the team I support rather than uh, Old Firm, you know, I've got a local team. I've grew up in a place called Airbnb and I've stayed there like all my life in the football stadiums at the bottom there. So, hmm. I support my local team of Airdre United.
1: Who've, who, who, and, and and if I'm going to be honest, I know the best. Yeah, man. I, I mean, those old firm derbies dar- are absolutely crazy. I love watching them. But um, it became, it became less about football, more about
0: how many people can get get kicked off the park. And that's the thing. Like, see, here, um, I've I've been to some old time games, and it's like you can cement your name in the history of and uh, the clubs, Rangers or Celtic by. Hitting some, hitting the opposite team member with a hefty challenge—you'll yeah. always be remembered. Like, remember that time such and such
1: hammered such and such. Yeah. What about yourself? What team did you do you go? My team. Oh, I I used to support Cardiff as a kid, obviously because they're my local team. But uh, my dad brought me up to support West Brom from the Premier League, and uh, not the most exciting team to support at all, if I'm honest. I hope you've got you've not you? What's that? that's support these guys like, yeah man uh, I, I've
0: got to support them because nobody else the way, really. I've got to support these guys because nobody, nobody shows them love
1: yeah they <laughs> frustrate me week in and week out but I still go you know I'm still watching them every Saturday so. I know that was one, that was another thing like I still love watching football and,
0: you know sitting down on a Saturday and a Sunday afternoon and just watching football watching the balls coming in can I do it now now it's just it takes up too much time and any free time I've got I need to spend it with family like I need to that sounds really nice, doesn't it? Like I need to spend this with family.
1: Yeah,
0: it's like um, I want to spend this, or I'm looking for. I want to spend it with family. So, like, it's it's going out and doing stuff with the kids, um, taking my dog a walk, you know, coffee with the the partner, and that you got to put in the time.
1: Yeah, man. I was looking at the yesterday, and I noticed is, is there that a Biffy Clyro tattoo you've got on your on your ribs? Is it Biffy? Yes, uh, uh, I've got. So I've got.
0: So I, I was about. Would have been, I'd probably been about 15 the very first time I ever heard this band and um, I'd been referring them as, what I was calling them it was Buffy 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 Clyro or something like that and I was like oh my I hear this band to my pal and then like 6 months later they came out in like a Crank magazine and they were talking about them and then I started like getting really deep into them, then they released A Blank Sky I think they released Go Slow first as an EP and then Blank sky and I remember just being balls deep in them <clears throat> and I was only about 16 and I go to this tattoo place and I looked pretty old man I was like I used to have these stupid sideburns like I had sideburns that went right down to my chin and it looked like I looked it just looked ridiculous man but like the pictures are hilarious like when I look back I'm like what the hell are you thinking and I went to this tattoo place and I'm like hey I'm monk for this and the the guy done it, and I hadn't really like cleared that up with my mum at the time because when you're 16, your mum, I think your mum's want you to is come and be like this six inch tattoo on your forearm, and um, she would kind of off on that, uh, and I was kind of stuck with this the rest of my life. But and people would always say to me, "You're going to regret this. You're going to regret having that tattoo." And for me, the tattoo is not about what it, what the symbol is. It reminds me of a time. Yeah. So I remember the time. Grown up, and all I was, all I wanted to be was balls deep in Buffy Clyro. You know, I'd sit and play the guitar, and I would learn all the tunes, and I would learn like I would start singing along with them. That was like pretty much my life as a teenager. Like I was never ever out running about the streets trying to bar folk. I was I was in the house playing guitar with my best mate, and that's all we done. And from that, I ended up getting another old Buffy Clyro tattoo, and the jigsaw pieces, and I've always had love for Buffy Clyro, and in my fight in Sacramento. Um, they'd actually tweeted me um, Ben Faye, Biffy Clyro tweeted me and I was like oh, tell them about the hotel room like this. like <laughs> I, 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 was, I was like a bit of a like, oh my god man, Biffy Clyro just tweeted me, like a pure fanboy um, but that same again, all these songs and all these bands take me back to a time
1: uh, when I was growing up and I love it Yeah, that's that's what I love about music, like speaking with Biffy claro, Like I remember when I was uh, fifteen when I was doing my first gigs live and stuff, and I'd be playing like like the Captain and uh, Mountains by Biffy Clyro, and and this whenever I hear those songs, it just you know it just it's takes you back. Yeah. it, yeah. yeah.
0: That's what Music, music's like one of these things. Like it can spark so many emotions, for you to love to hate, and you know what it's like when fighters are picking songs. Like that's one of the big things. They pick a song to spark an emotion, <laughs> and the more you hear that song, the less that emotion comes through. I remember like the first time i ever heard and um, the song i used chasing status alive you know it got me pumped yeah. the words this the tune the whole thing now it's now it's losing that sort of that bite, yeah. and uh i think it's coming to the point where i'm going to have to like, like change it and, and spark this emotion but uh, music's like something like i always put on my pad in the gym and, and listen to it and uh, not a lot of people love my music. because you get older and your music changes, your taste changes. Yeah. Whereas before I used to be into, like, when I originally started listening to music, proper music, it was stuff like Metallica, Megadeth, like, I used to like loads of pop punk, like Blink 182, all these kind of bands. And then now I'm into, like, you know what I really like, man, just a guy sitting there guitar just playing some nice melodies. That's, like, my thing now. And people are looking at me in the gym, like, can, can we turn off all songs, Paul? <laughs> I'm like, no Hi, so the the whole thing is you need to try and beat me to get to the, the, the PA system to get your music on because if I come in before you which I normally am you're listening to
1: what I'm putting on <laughs> that's the way man so before I let you go you mentioned earlier about um, you know resetting your your goals now so do you have any long term goals in mind now and uh, what are they going forward
0: one of, one, of, one of my goals is you know I want to I want to take my daughters to disneyland you know it sounds a bit silly but yeah. like i want to take my daughters to disneyland off the back of the ufc i don't want to pay for that myself i want the ufc to treat me. I, I don't mean that like him um, what i mean is like him um, you're going to go hey but there you go there's somebody to take your daughters to ufc what i mean is i'm going to kick enough dick so that i can <laughs> so that i'll have money to take my daughters to, the Uf- uh, to disneyland um but right now, it's, um, it's always it's, it's short-term goals I'm, I'm dealing with now, so it's learning a certain skill. Whereas before, if you get this big, massive goal, it's really hard to achieve in such a small space of time. And I had, as I said, I did set that goal so far in advance, like, I want to fight in the UFC. And this was like two years I waited to do that. So I'm setting myself loads of wee small goals to achieve them. Stuff like... Um, being able to do the splits, like split down, split back up, and be able to do head springs, like I just set myself all these wee tiny goals. But it's the win, the win I'm needing, and the driving force to take my daughters to to Disneyland. My daughters are obsessed with Disney stuff, and that's all I have to watch. Like I don't get to watch any MMA because I'm watching Beauty and the Beast.
1: <laughs> yeah, I no, See, that's that's a really that's a really nice goal to have, man. I, I like I like that. So um... it's, just about, it's just about
0: driving you know and, and a lot of people use their kids as this driving force because they don't want to let them down yeah like, I, like one, of the, one, of the, one of the things about having kids is both of my kids are girls and I don't think they'll fully appreciate the fact that their dad's a fighter ever um, one of them's 11 and one of them's 3 and the oldest one knows that I do MMA and know I fight in the UFC but she doesn't actually realise like what the UFC entails because she's a girl she's like I nah, girl dad that's awesome you fight the UFC and uh, like she always gets embarrassed when people come up to me in the street and speak to me about MMA oh man, I'm looking forward to your next fight you know the, the general stuff people say yeah. and she always gets embarrassed like dad why are you speaking to them? And I'm like because they're interested in MMA they're interested in me and the youngest one she just thinks she's like daddy does the bush and she thinks I work in the hydro in Glasgow oh, okay. that's where she thinks I work she thinks like Anytime we drive past that she's like, Dad, there's your work because last year when we were fighting, I was she's like, Dad, where are you going? I said, I'm going here and I pointed to the building and now she symbolizes this with with, with her dad doing the doing the bush and the hydro. So anytime we drive past, she's like, Dad, there's your work and I'm like, Yeah, yeah, that's my work. <laughs> um, but I've got a box and I just keep everything for paper clutters, for uh, posters, you name it, I keep it all in this big box. And come the day when I'm no longer in this earth, and they've got kids of their own, and they've got they feel like a box of memorabilia to show. And for me, that's <clears throat> that's what I want. I want to be remembered for something. I want to leave the earth with nothing, like just another body on the ground. I want to be remembered for something, even if it's only for like a few generations. You know, my kids, my two daughters will tell their kids, and their kids will tell their kids who are like, oh, your your great grandpa Craig. You know, he used to he used to fight in UFC so I think that's kind of cool to always hear these stories about past and in this day and age as well where we've got loads of media like when my grandparents were growing up they didn't have the the, 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 this, the media we had Like so there was no way a, them showing like oh look at this paper cut me me doing this or me fighting box and all that kind of stuff so now it's, it's, it, everything's well documented so it's, so it's never ever going to be forgotten which is quite a cool, cool thing
1: yeah, man. You, you know, you, I, you're definitely leaving, uh, leaving yourself a legacy to be proud of, man. It's, it's all that's, awesome. that's, that's,
0: that, you know, for, for me, that's what it is, and it's not, as I said, like I, I could, have, I could have had a nice, happy existence being a teacher, you know, just doing the Monday to Friday, doing the bare minimum to get by in life, you know, having a nice, nice house, nice cars, you know, just chilling. But that's no, that's, you know, I want something more. I want. It's not about money. It's about what you're doing this short time and the earth, is it?
1: How you, make, how you make improvements? Yeah, man. I honestly, with the you know, with the uh, character, you know, the, the characteristics you have, you know, the personality behind it all. I think uh, you'll you'll you know you're definitely uh, gonna leave a mark on the UFC by the time you're done. So that's great. Hopefully, man. Hopefully. I do. Obviously, you got a big fight coming up in March in London. How how's it going? And how are you feeling mentally and physically uh, in preparing for this one? Mentally, mentally is one of the
0: want to deal with, especially when you have a knockout loss in your hometown. That's hard. I'm not sure when in Vegas, so um, from UFC's uh, one and two, I'm putting in the loss, I'm doing the, the travelling, I'm spending hours in that, travelling up and down Scotland. I re-established
1: my goals, sorting myself out, and now it's. Um, I'm back on track, back to my, my winning formula. Yeah, man. Honestly, that that's something that's always interested me, and I I ask pretty much every fighter I speak to. I always ask like, I feel people don't appreciate the mental aspect of being a mixed martial, martial artist. Like they get to see, you know, the fights and the action, but they don't see what goes on. Uh, behind closed doors, like, can is it possible to explain in any words? Sort of like the mental toll it takes on you during fight camp. You know, the night before a fight, even the ring walk. It, it must be, you know, a real battle with yourself mentally. You know, maybe you play out every possible scenario in your head. Like, is it, you know, is it a real struggle?
0: The mental side that already starts here. You know, those days you doubt yourself, you get in training and you get absolute best out of everybody in the gym and you'll be like, is this what I want? Those days you'll come back to the sparring, you'll be barbed and bruised, and same again, you'll doubt yourself, you'll doubt your abilities, like should I be there? Should I be in the top? And it's about, it's about believing yourself in yourself and you know, having, I sounds like it's easy really, like believe in yourself and just achieving, but I, you get that self-belief and like having people around about you who good coaches, is like priceless, and they're, f- they're few and far between, and it's hard to find one. And I've got one in Brian. Not only that, I've got a good team around me, like training partners. who have been with me since I started this adventure, and it's not like, that, like people come and go, and people just hanging on. The people that are around about me are the people who have been there from the start, and they kind of, you know, they kind of put things in perspective. And one of the, one of the, one of the, one of the big things was I went to the performance center over in Las Vegas and that kind of put things in perspective you know you get guys like we're doing walking about you've got guys like Francis Ngannou you've got Forrest Whitaker and then you're speaking to these guys and I've got you know like man I'm doing something that guys all over the world are with you and I'm doing it and that's kind of that's driving forward that's like my whole change in attitude towards fighting when I had spoke to these guys and like I'm, a, I'm in a great predicament so that's where
1: the mental side get going. it be gone better for me. So yeah, man. Uh, good luck on March 17th. I'll uh, I'll hopefully be there cheering you on as well. So best of luck with the rest of the training camp, man. And once again, thanks for speaking to me. It means a, it means a no, real well, lot man. to me. Listen, thank you for your time. I really appreciate you having me on now, dude. You enjoy the rest of your day. And I'll see you at
0: London, hopefully. And you, man. Right, man. Cheerio, sure. bye.